Welcome back to Frontside. We are on uh, this episode, Balancing the Demands of Manhood. Wow. <laughs> First time. Man, First you've, time. you've got a voice for radio, Jacob. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was awesome. Yeah, Crystal clear. Well. <laughs> that worked out real well. Man, you just got hired full time to do that intro job. <laughs> Good job, Jacob. Thanks, man. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, seldom do you get to hear from the guy pushing the buttons, right? Because when the uh, when, when the bell rings, um, meaning we start, um, you've got uh, you've got Rodney and you've got Jordan that are ready on the intro, and so Jacob's doing multiple things at once. He's the plate spinner, and so we threw the intro at him. He did awesome. Good job, man. Thanks. We're, let's all give him an applause. Let's give some. Can we hear the applause? Can we hear the applause. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Here we go. Watch. He's going <laughs> wow i forget that we have that it, you know self, how awesome is that applause is, yeah keep going oh. Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> he said gives Jim. himself applause yeah. he has the ability to do the intro and then applaud himself for doing the yes, intro yes patting myself on the back right now yeah. because he literally has all the buttons in front of you <laughs> jacob you have more control than i've ever had in my life good job man <laughs> <laughs> yes, he can make your voice sound different. Wait a so, minute, wait a minute, so wait a minute. So today's episode was about balancing your ego. What was it again? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stroking the ego today. Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. All right, good let's job, jump Jacob. into this. Yeah, good job. All right, so today we're, we want to talk about balancing the demands of manhood. So if there's one question I get asked a lot, and I was back, went back in my head, like when I started writing these episodes um, almost a year ago. And uh, one question I get asked is this one How do I balance the demands of providing, being at home, spending time with my wife, when the job is what it is? Like, I, I mean, it's all on me. Like, I'm a business owner. And if I don't produce, I don't provide. Mm. Or I'm a full-on commission salesman. And if if I don't hit right a certain quota, well, the kids, you know what I mean? So you know where I'm headed. But not even just that, like just the absolute demand. So we have folks that are in like retail. We have folks that are in like the medical industry. And sometimes they're working 15, 16 hours a day. They get off that shift and they have to go right back in. Yeah. I mean, the, the spectrum of where, of the vocations that the our men listeners are in is just across the board. High demands. High, de- high demand. That's a great way to say it. And so all of us um, are the same. But then in some respects, it's it's unique. So the night Rain and I were watching... Um, some documentary, and she's like, you know, whenever you think you're under a lot of stress and you see what somebody else is doing, you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. I really don't have that. But again, stress is relative, um, depending upon, you know, how you handle things. But this is what we want to talk about. Um, The number one question asked, at least of me here recently, and I know Rodney's had a lot of it. um, And I think we're actually going to entertain some questions um, in this episode. So this is awesome. Love that. So live questions have been coming in, and we want to just be able to answer these. So there's a number of things we want to seek to cover. There's a lot under this topic. But the reason why I wrote the title this way 
um, balancing the now now I'm gonna spell it out for you so you can visually see it as you're driving is balancing the D mans of manhood. So obviously man is in the middle of the word demands, like literally there's D E and then there's D S. So man is like right in the middle of the word mm. demands. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we just looked this up to verify, like DE sort of means to bring down, like de-escalate. Yeah. So the demands on us as men actually sort of can bring us down. Yeah. Mm. And that's kind of why we're talking about this. So bills can overwhelm us. Priorities can overwhelm us. Trying to schedule time with my wife, with my kids. I mean, I come in from a 12-hour day and... People have not treated me well. Like, for instance, I can remember my dad. There were so many times he was he was so frustrated with subcontractors. He was so frustrated with contractors. He was mm-hmm. so frustrated with uh, providers of his products that he needed from the building industry. And I, and I could physically see that on him. And there were days when he came in, he was like, I just, I just got to go sit in the recliner. Or I got to go do this. There were other days when he was like, let's just all jump in the pool yeah. and, you know, get, get. So my point was I watched him, you know, work through that. So there are days that we come in and you guys are wanting to know, like the rest of us around the table here um, are wanting to know how do we handle those demands and still fulfill what is um, godly, biblical manhood. Mm -hmm. So I want to deal, number one, with balance, okay? There's a number of things you're going to deal with, three things, and between two and three, we're going to entertain some questions. But let me just rattle this off, okay? So here's what you got. Now, let me take a very strong biblical approach of understanding um, demands. Like the Bible is not silent on the demands of life, but it comes at demands from um, what I call balance, okay? Proverbs 28.2, a man of understanding and knowledge maintains order. Mm. Okay, so a lot in there. Don't have time to break that verse all the way down, but notice two words, understanding and knowledge. Let me just say it this way. You can't be ignorant about what the demands do to you. Mm. Knowing what the demands do to you helps you know how to overcome them. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 14, 32. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Let me tell you why I put that verse in there. Two reasons. It shows us that obviously God wants us to have peace in our life, but okay, hang on, stop. Here's another reason why I put that in there. The enemy, okay, so if God is is not a if God is a God of order, then what is the enemy? Chaos. Disorder. Chaos. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So if if God's goal for your life is order, then where is the enemy going to step in? Chaos and disorder. So you go back to that former verse. You have to understand that and have knowledge of where the enemy is attacking. Ecclesiastes 3.18, here's, here's, a, here's a great verse. There is a time for everything. Yes. Meaning, guys, seasons are going to come and go with your with your parenting skills, with your husbandry skills, Um like not every season is going to be the same. Not every season is going to be perfect. And even though, let's say, for instance, you've dialed in a, a like you're learning to be a good husband, but maybe your wife right now is feeling chaotic and you're like going, what the mess? Like I'm doing everything I can do. And now she's just like, wow, wow, wow. You know, that that's not a reflection on you, yeah. right? But at that moment, you need to understand, well, things may be orderly for you, but not for her. Mm. 
And so how do I understand and apply knowledge and bring that back in? There's a there's a time for everything. All right, so let's dive really fast and deep into this. Why? So I can have you resurface into a more understanding, manageable uh, part of the water, okay? But I got to have you go deep. Any good architecture, uh, structural knows that you, you can't go any taller, higher than you are deep. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go deep in order for us to, to grow in this area. Okay, so the, the, there's a problem the Bible wants to deal with first, and it's the problem of imbalance. So when when we we cannot effectively manage demands if we are out of balance. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's what I mean. Most of us tend to work on our public area of our lives, and we let the private area slide. Mm. All right, so when Rand and I were first married, full-on confession, um, I was learning how to be a pastor, getting my master's degree. Rand was learning how to be a pastor's wife, but mm-hmm. we were at the same time learning how to be married. Yeah, like all of this at the same time. Both of it new, all of it new to us. And after a while, about I don't know, about a year and a half into it, here's what she said. She said, um, she goes, I wish you would treat me like you treat the people at church. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, Well, what does that mean? She goes, Well, you're very patient with them. Like when people come up and tell you problems, like you will sit there and just listen. But when we're at home and I'm like, you know, I'm dealing with this or dealing with that, it's like you're not rude, you're not mean, but it's like we just move on from it really quickly. Mm. And that was a wake-up call to me. I was like, and still to this day, I have to tell myself, like, just just slow down and listen because she's right. Here's my point, and guys, we're the same way. Yeah. If we are sitting in front of a paying client, we will sit down with that paying client and tolerate a 30, 40-minute or sometimes maybe a two-and-a-half-hour lunch because we know I'm going to close the deal but if I come home and my wife wants to talk about her day, I may only be able to give her two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. Got to close the deal. <laughs> <laughs> got to close the deal. Okay, let me go back. You Why? got two minutes, honey. You got two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a good salesman, Rod. Okay. Now, most of us tend to work on the public area and let the private slide. What does that mean? There's an imbalance. Mm-hmm. Somebody said it this way. Uh, I'm overexposed in one area, and I'm underdeveloped in another area. Yeah. That's imbalance. So two results. Yeah. Now, guys, you got to get this. So why why are you feeling this way potentially because of this? Uh, you can tell you're out of balance. You can tell when the demands are pulling more out of you and you're not able to handle it when you feel two things. Like these are two keys. One, frustration. Mm, yeah. And two, fatigue. Now, Raina nailed both of these early on. So shortly after that conversation, here's what she said. She said, I can tell when it's getting too much on you when you become easily frustrated. Mm. Now listen, Jacob, my son-in-law, is in the room, and Lord willing, he can tell you that he's seen me, I'm sure, get frustrated. But I don't get angry. I don't get mad. I'm not like a plate thrower. I'm not like a cat kicker. Well, we yeah. don't have a cat, but <laughs> so I wouldn't have a cat to kick, but... I'm not, but yeah, there are times when you get frustrated. So I'm not that. So I need you to hear when I say I get frustrated, right? Raina says it this way, like I become like hypercritical mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit more negative than than like I'm not typically a negative person, even though I do have to watch it. I can come in and I can be like, meh, 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 but I'm not typically overly negative. But Raina picks it out and she goes, wow, you're just a little bit more easily frustrated. 
Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, was there a difficult conversation today? Um, are you behind in sermons? Like, is the weight on you? Okay, so guys, you you know you're out of balance. You know you're having a tough time handling the demands when you're feeling frustrated, kind of like a plate spinner, right? And mm. and you're just looking and the plates are about to fall. Yeah. Or fatigue. Now, listen, every one of us in this room right now are absolutely tired. And every man that I'm talking to right now, um, whether you're sitting on the back porch or you're you're you know working out, wherever you find yourself, fatigue is just a part of life. Um, whether you didn't sleep well that night or you're you're like, man, this is just a grind of a week. And but all of us, but I'm not talking about just regular tired. I'm talking about like the gas tank is empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, and you can't catch up. You can't catch up. There's not enough sleep to be had. Exactly. Like that. So I'm not talking about like all of us have to almost every day, like get out of bed kind of a thing. Like that's a given. But I'm talking about to the point where where you're close to not burnout. I don't want to say that. But again, you just don't have enough gas in the tank. All right. So please keep that in mind as we go through this. Two ways to identify that the demands are pulling more out of you than you have in you is frustration and fatigue. So so with that, the Bible is beautiful in this. I love how the Bible attacks this. So there's areas of of our personal life that we have to look at to discover where is frustration coming from, where is the fatigue, what is the source of those two. Does that make sense, guys? Mm -hmm. All right? Now, Jesus was our our perfect balance as always. Luke 2.52 says he grew in wisdom and stature, um, and in favor with the Lord. Wisdom, stature, favor with the Lord. Wisdom, stature, favor. Wisdom, stature, favor. I'm going to say that over and over and over. So let's deal with those areas. There are five areas of potential imbalance. One of them is you and I, in order to balance the manhoods of life, or the demands of life, all right, we have to have mental balance. Yeah. Now, there's believe it or not, and I'm writing some episodes now, there's not a whole lot of information out there written by men for men yeah. that is biblical for men that yeah. tells men how to handle mental balance. Yeah. There's really not. Yeah. Um, women are a little bit better at that um, than we are because the women can think globally, whereas men just sort of think right, right now, like moment by moment, fix it by fix it kind of a thing. But you and I have to learn how to have proper mental balance. Like it's okay to ask yourself these some, some questions like, how am I handling this job? Am I frustrated because of um, yesterday's meeting? Um, mm-hmm. Is the weight of, of finances affecting me, but I'm not having someone to share that with? Um, so I learned early on that it was okay to tell Raina um, – I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm a little nervous about a meeting I'm about ready to step into. Before, I thought I kind of had to just hold that in and not share that with her. Yeah. Because, I, you know, she's going to think I'm weak. Like, men don't share that. But the yeah. more I learned to share that with Raina, it helped me sort that out. And she actually had a lot of really good advice. Okay. So here's number one you got to have mental balance. Okay. Number two, physical balance. Yeah. My body and my brain, uh, if you're not careful, they won't speak to each other for years. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, think about that. Right. Like most most of us guys are really good at working on our body, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like not every guy has a six-pack. Not every guy looks like the guy on the covers of Weightlifting Magazine. Rodney does. Ro- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him looking at him. 
<laughs> He's wow. looking in the it's distance a, right now. It's not a six pack. It's a case. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. It's just one pack. <laughs> oh, right. no. I have one solid pack right now. You do? One solid pack. Nice. Yeah. But most most men uh, pay more attention to body. Now, yeah. what I mean by that is like, what am I eating? Like, if we're not talking about weightlifting or six pack and and being tan, that's not all what just what I mean. Like, we focus more on like, what am I feeding? What am I doing? What am I working? You know, and so forth. I guess the other way to say it is, very few of us as guys pay attention to our brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like brain health okay you're thinking so, about action more than how you're thinking about thinking about that's action, a good that's a know? good way to say it no that's a good way to <laughs> yeah. say it men are more oriented toward problem solving so that's more um physical activity than it is developing um the brain my dad said it this way he goes you have two choices in life some people work with their body and some people work with their brain yeah he goes you need to learn to work with both mm. like a lot of guys in construction just work with their body um, a lot of guys sit behind a desk work with their brain um, they're like desk jockeys, you know. Kind of, but he said you have to learn how to work with both, and don't don't ignore the two of them coming together. All right, so you know, if I'm neglecting physical balance, I'm going to be out of balance. I'm if I'm neglecting mental balance, I'm going to be out of balance. Number three, spiritual balance. Yeah. The Bible tells us that we have to grow in character as well as content. Mm. Okay, now here's where uh, here's where guys. I don't know how to say this. When, when guys get on something, typically they get on it, whether it's like a sprint or not. Yeah. But yeah. most guys, when they find out they're spiritually out of balance, like they'll dive deep into Bible study, like they'll get a lot of knowledge, but they won't know what to do with it. Yeah. Or they just take what they have and just like turn it into action. No, you have to balance the two. Yeah. It's not just about knowing the word, it's about showing the word. Yeah. And the two of them have to come together. Here's another area of, of balance is emotional balance. Oh, my gosh. Galatians 5.22 is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, let me mention this. The, these nine fruit are nine stabilizing qualities. Like, I love this point, and I wish I could stay on this point forever. All right, so please listen to this point, guys, because I think this is where we're the weakest, all right? The fruit of the Spirit are stabilizing qualities. Mm. They are not sort of jewels that we compete to have. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. They are they they are they're not jewels. They're not something that we compete to have. Um they're character qualities that when developed help us become stable. Yeah. Mm. Now, there's a reason why these are put in the plural form. Because it's like a cluster of grapes. Yeah. If you view these as as jewels, you're just going to take one grape off and then work on like kindness for a moment. You can't separate the fruit of the spirit. They're called fruit of the spirit, not fruits of mm. the spirit. It's a cluster. Yeah. So, but my point in all that is, is they're stabilizing qualities, and where men can really develop themselves is being emotionally. Be- Let me ask it this way. Um, I'm going to ask you guys first, not necessarily in the room, but everybody listening, before you ask your wife, are you moody? Like, you don't have to answer this in the room if you don't want to, right? But like, I, I, like as you're listening right now, ask this question, are you moody? Do you think you're moody? Yeah. Most guys are probably not think they're as moody as they actually are. Yeah. Like, yeah. To, be, to be fair, um, I found that out through Raina. 
that I thought I didn't think I was as negative. I didn't think I was as moody, but she was like, yeah, there, there are times when you are. Is life one big swing? Like, in other words, you can get yourself up to go to work and you can handle those clients. You can push through, but you, you've given all of that out. So by the time you come home, you're down. Yeah. Now you're having to push through the down to be there for the kiddos. But let's just, let's just, this is what we're talking about. That's hard to do. Yeah. It is hard to do. Okay. Let me give me as an example. Raina sometimes will ask, why do you not read the Bible or study the Bible as much when you're at home? And I'm like, honey, I've been reading the Bible for like almost eight hours straight. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, little, so you kind of got a view into our, into our home, which I'm going to come back to that point in just a moment. Raina's awesome at studying the Bible. She gets up first thing in the morning, and she's out there for 45 minutes to an hour, and the girls know that's a consistent in her life. But my study time primarily is when I get here in the office. Now, listen, that's by design. I'm going to go ahead and give this away because something we're going to talk about. So by the time I come home, I don't bring that home with me. Mm. So you keep it separate? I Yes. Like, I don't want to come home because for me, if I once I dive into Bible study, um, I can get into sermon thought, sermon development, and writing, and so forth. So I'm able to come home, if you will, and almost turn that down, not off, mm-hmm. turn it down to where I'm not constantly working when I'm at home. Yeah. I learned that from my mentors. When you're at home, be at home. Yeah. When you're at church, like when you're studying, study. But when you're home, spend that time with kids. When they go to bed, then go back to studying, then go back to writing. It's not that I don't read the Bible at home. It's not that I don't write when I'm not at home. I mean, when I'm at home, I do. But you you have to learn. So my point is this right here. Are you moody? Like, yeah. guys, right now, ask, your, ask yourself this question. Do you... Would you consider yourself moody? If you are, then there's an emotional imbalance. Here's the fifth one. Social balance. Wow. Yeah. Like how in the world do we we balance? Now, by nature, I'm not a big social person. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat of an extrovert. I'm kind of in between. I'm somewhat of an extrovert. Like I like, I can have conversation, but if you were to ask me, like, hey, are you want you want to go hang out with fifty friends and do it? I'd be like, uh, no. Can it just be like five of us? And Raina's the opposite. I mean, the more she's around people, she comes alive, you know. And so now she likes her time down and time off. Some of my daughters are like that. They're like, okay, I've been around hundreds of people today. I would just kind of like to go home and just, you know, minimize that. But what we're talking about here is there does have to be a balance. Yeah. There are some guys that when they come home, like they don't leave. They come home, they get into video games, they get into oh. streaming, they go in their bedroom, and they watch TV, and the and the wife's like, I've been home all day with the kids, and I would like to have some time by myself, but could we just go out as a family? Yeah. It's like, you know, tomorrow's a big day. Honestly, again, that's where one area where Raina um has has always stretched me. So when Rain and I first met, I would drive an hour and a half. We would together. I would drive an hour and a half one way to preach at a church that I pastored while I was in seminary. And when I would we'd drive back, she's like, let's go antique shopping. Let's go do this and that. And I'm like, I am so exhausted. And she's like, but you're going to need this time. Like, let's just get out and go throw the Frisbee. Let's just go swimming at the pools. And I'm like, I just want to go and lay on the couch kind of a thing. Yeah. She's always forced me in a good, loving way 
out, yeah. to not be reclusive, yeah. and to not hang out. And so she still does that. Let me review while we're while we, we where we're at. We're talking about the problem of imbalance. So understanding that if I'm experiencing frustration and fatigue, and if my personal life, which is mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and social, if I'm not dialed in on those areas, yeah, um, then I'm going to feel imbalance, and life's demands are going to pull away from our manhood. Mm. So we're about to enter in the next section. And I'm ex- I'm gonna as simply as I can. You're like, well, how in the world, Pastor Ron, do I do I do all five of those things? Each yeah. one is a podcast. They are, to be fair, they are. But literally, in just a matter of three points, um, I can give you enough information for guys. But what I think, Rodney, you got something for us right now. Let's kind of take a moment to break in, which I think will help us segue back into that. Yeah. So we put out several, you know, questions okay. that are related to the topic, and we got really good ones back. In fact, we could have probably made a, a podcast just out of the questions. But awesome. The first two I thought were kind of a package deal. So the first one, is it best to sit down with your wife and kids to decide what's best for the family union? Mm. And the next question is, how do you give your attention? How do you give the attention to the kids that they need without putting your wife on the sideline? Oh, wow. Mm, All right. Yeah. Great questions. Great wow. questions. Anybody want to start with an answer on that? Or y'all, y'all want me to jump on into it? Or I mean, I've never had a wife and kids, but... <laughs> I think you just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good place for me to stop, I guess. <laughs> no, go ahead. We'd li- I'd like to hear your perspective. No, no you go- yeah. um, I mean, I... Bro, I know that's a hard dilemma, though. I know that, like especially like what we were just talking about. It's like the workload coming home and then having more work to do. But you do have to kind of view it as like part of your mission as a dad, which is more important than your mission as a working man. Because you can find work anywhere, but you only have your kids and you only have your wife. So I think, I don't know, it depends on the situation, how best to plan that out. But I think it's probably good to talk to them. Communication is pretty good. So, uh, a great perspective. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important as well because, I mean, this is, I've learned as just being married for the two years I've been I've been married, but um, that like, and I, we just had a kid. So having like part of the family is first just you and your wife. So, yeah. I mean, that's the, the first thing, the first, like, I would say just like get conversation with your wife. And then also right. um, th- your kids are like invited into the family. It goes like, obviously, number one, God, number two, um, like your wife, and then number three, family. And right. so that I would, in that order, kind of go down the line. Oh, but, yeah. Perfect. I don't know. I love the perspective. I mean, seriously, that's the, why, you know, obviously Jordan and, you know, Jacob are in here um, to balance out the the old crusty dudes here. Of, you know, that's why Jay and Jay are here to balance out R and R. My thoughts are, you know, I have three kids mm. and they're still relatively young, but when you walk in the door, it's daddy. Yeah. They're, they're come, they're running literally. Right. Yeah. And, and you haven't spent a day with them except, you know, getting up, getting up in the morning and doing that thing, right? And so, the temptation, and quite, quite frankly, the 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 natural kind of schema is is you invest that time right there, 
and probably the next several hours catching up, teaching, yeah. figuring out what they're going through, trying to uh, just love on them, give them guidance. And it's really easy when that happens and then you help out with the dishes and the cleaning and the cooking yeah. and the putting stuff away and the laundry. And then you're out of gas. Mm, you yes. and your wife are hitting the bed. And and so sometimes yes. you're reserving the very worst bit of your stamina, energy in, in gas to, to try to have, you know, some relationship and conversation with your wife. 100%. Mm. Now, if you're just listening or maybe uh, if you if you got a phone call, repeat those two questions one more time, Rodney, so we can yep. remember what they're answering. So is it best to sit down with your wife and kids to decide what's best collectively for the family unit? And then how do you give your uh, kids the attention they need without putting your wife on the side? Wow. All right. So obviously I love the order because I can answer I can answer number two by answering number one. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I hate to say it like, yeah, that's one and two, but literally yeah. right, so here here's here's the answer um for us, what we've learned. All right. So it is best to include your wife and kids. But let me say this. I think it's best that it's you and your wife first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really do. Now, let me jump to number two. And this will explain um, part A of that number one. Um, so I think I shared this in a in a pro previous episode. So there was a time when it was Raina and I, and then it was um, Raina and Rayleigh. I mean, you know, then it was Rihanna, then it was Raya, and then we started adding dogs, you know, to the <laughs> schema. Okay. And I remember I don't if you remember this illustration. Um, somebody told me this in, in Lily, it took, I forgot about it. So we learned this in, in Rain and I did in our marriage conference years ago, um, that we attended. And, and so I, I came in one day and I asked Rain, I said, you know, do you feel loved by me? That was a question her and I, you know, make a practice to ask and to answer. Yeah. And she said, I wish you would greet me first, then the kids, then the dog. Mm. And we learned that. So from Growing Kids God's Way, um, they basically said, when you have kids, make sure you make it a priority to greet your spouse first. Yeah. When your kids come running to the door, they're going to want your they're mm -hmm. going to want your attention. But greet your kids first. So, Dad, when you come in, it's going to seem so odd when you first do it. But say, I'll be with you in just a moment. Let me go say hi to Mom first. Wow. Yeah. That's it's a good example for them. Or or you just tell your wife, you better be first to the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's a race. That's one way. I want you guys to compete for me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what Rodney does. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's that that's Pastor Rodney. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's funny. Sorry, Sorry Mr. Pastor Rodney. <laughs> oh me. But I'm telling you how that changes the tone. Yeah. Now, you think your kids are going to get mortally wounded by that, mm -hmm. but they're not. They're seeing that the priority is mom. Yeah. And conversely, when mom comes in the door and says, let me go say hi to your father first and then them, I'm just telling you. It absolutely works. Now, are there times when you can't do that? Like she's out in the backyard and I don't know, mm -hmm. she's working and you got to greet the kids. No, I mean, but when you have the opportunity, try to put mom first. Okay. Now, marriage first. Let me just say that. So it depends on who's coming in the door. All right. So question one, do I sit down with wife and kids and discuss? Yes. But I think you sit down with, you know, the wife first and talk about priorities. Then it's awesome 
to bring your kids in the conversation and say this, your mom and I have discussed and we're talking about priorities and demands and how to put the family first and then invite them in to the yeah. conversation. That's good. Right? Yeah. Which automatically answers number two. Right. How do I show the priority to the kids and to the parents? You've literally stated that in that planning session. Wow. Yeah. Here's the order. Yeah. Like Ephesians we 5. We have discussed it, and yes. now we're adding you to the... Literally, list. Ephesians 5 lays it out in order. Oh, yeah. It says, God the Father, God the Son... Who gave the leadership to the husband? Who gave the then? Then it goes to the wife. Then it goes to the kids. Yeah. yeah. There's a biblical order. Yeah, that's really um, good. Yeah. So I mean, no, you don't have an entire book in the Bible on marriage, but Ephesians five comes really close. Yeah. Um, to giving us an order. That's a good one. Do you have a, Do you have other questions? Yeah. There was one one more question I thought was really good, which I think relates to pretty much everyone. How do you mentally check out from work when you Whew. walk in the door? Yeah. Great question. Like it's, it's one thing when we say we need to, right? Yeah. but how do you? You right. got deadlines, bombs are going off at work. You know, it works for most people. It's not done. Right. They got homework now. Mm. So they're people are trying, contacting you. Yeah, you're connected to work uh, on your devices. Yeah. It's going off. Especially and, jobs that are in like the police force or... Like I know my brother Darian, he he's always when he's when he has a phone call, he has to take it. Like you, there's not a choice. Like if you have to go, you have to go. You know, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and we but we also like we we get sometimes we get uh, a little like we go okay, he's a security guard, he's just subject to schedule, right? Right, and but if he's scheduled more hours, you know, or she's right. scheduled more hours, yeah, you. You know, then you have schedule that kind of consumes. But then you then you have another person who's like, well, I only have to work. I only have to work an eight or nine hour day. But if that person wants to get ahead, if they yeah. want to have a successful career, mm -hmm. they've got to outwork, outperform, out hustle everybody else that they're next to. And so they're putting nine or ten hours a day or more. Right. Um, I mean, I know guys that work fourteen plus on a regular basis. Yeah. I used to be one of them. So, so then, you know, you're yeah. making a decision, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, to do that rather yeah. than to go home, and, and and so, and you're going, yeah. well, how else do I provide? For, how do I escalate the value of work so that I can provide? And right, you know, yeah, so and it all goes back to providing for your kids, which yeah. is really the heart. But then you're missing the like provision of emotional stable yeah. parents. Yep, you're you're missing. The, the, um, what is it when you're showing them how to do stuff? I don't know what that word is. So called. we're talking. <laughs> yeah. So, so back to the question, how do you check? How do you turn it off? Yeah. For a period of time so you can focus on wife and family. You know, I don't know that there's one answer for that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's principles, but let me give you an example. For whatever reason, that's been easy for me. Um, I don't know if it was just programmed into me. So Chuck Swindoll, when I first started ministry, um, him, well, both him and John Maxwell were, had material out at the same time, and I was reading. So John Maxwell was working through as a pastor. He, to, he told you how to schedule your week. Like, I didn't know how to do that. And he said, Mondays are study, and then there's appointments, and there's this. And like, he literally laid out every day. He was a pastor of a mega church and doing enjoy. And he said, here's what he does. Chuck Swindoll was saying the same thing at the same time. He said, somebody asked him, how do you write so many books, so many sermons? How is it that you're a pastor of a church, you're president of Dallas Theological Seminary, 
and you're over um, uh, Insight for Living, right? His ministry. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, I block out my day by hours. I write for an hour. I do DTI, DTS for an hour. I do, and I was like, wow. That's really good. How ridiculously simple, revolutionary was that? But then he said this. He said, and I've told myself, as soon as I step foot in my house, he goes, I'm home. Yeah. And so I've made that statement for years. I've said the most peaceful part of my life is two inches. This is, I think, how Chuck Swindoll said it. Two inches inside the door of my home is my retreat. Mm. And we've made that a model, uh, no matter where we've lived, that home is, is our retreat. We don't have to go on vacation. We do. We don't have to. We make home a retreat. Now, let me flip that. I've been. It's, it's, it's been very easy for me to come home and just let that go. Um, Raina, on the other hand, um, she the, the wheels are still spinning. Okay. Now, both of us, our phones are blowing up. And yes, in ministry, if somebody calls sick, got to go to the hospital. Yeah. You know, family's in the ER. Just got a cancer diagnosis. I mean, you can't wait till Monday yeah. morning at you know eight oh five. You respond. So yes, in ministry, you're always on. But for whatever reason, I, as soon as I'm home, I'm able just to turn it off. I mean, I literally am. Now, yeah. Rain is a little different. Um, her scheduling, like with children's ministry, she's trying to schedule like 120 some volunteers, and normally they don't oh, respond man. until like yeah. after five five thirty. So the phone blows up. That's hard. Yeah. And her phone blows up Friday night. From like 8.30 until Saturday morning at like 3.30. Yeah. And I'm like, honey, and, and and I get it. To some extent, she can't stop that. Yeah. So I don't know that there's one particular answer for um, – my answer would be try to find a way where it's a priority. So let me give you an example. Um, we live about 15 miles away. And some people are like, you know, 15 miles away, that's really far from the church. <laughs> I don't really see that in the Bible anywhere where it says a pastor has to live so close to the church. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. I love my drive home. Yeah. My drive home is my relaxing. Like, I just... Unwind. I unwind. Yeah. And it, But I get it. Some people drive down I-4. They're like, man, you can't unwind on I-4. You're <laughs> no, wound. that's yeah. me. That's yeah. me. Right? You're yeah. wound up on I-4. I yeah. get home and I want to punch something kind You're of a thing. trying to not die on there. <laughs> right. right. So I get it. That's why I said. So now I've heard from different perspectives from guys. Some guys will build into their schedule. If they're desk jockeys, they build, they build into their schedule time before they leave to say, let's unwind. Some guys will they'll tell their wife, "Give me ten minutes in the driveway before I come in the house." Mm, yeah. Right. So each guy has you have to figure out what is your method mm. to wind down. And to Jordan's point, say I'm about to start my most important mission. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. My family. Yeah. God wants us to provide. I mean, Ecclesiastes basically says if the la- if the rafters sag, it's because of lazy hands. In yeah. other words, the Bible's very the Bible speaks a lot about working hard. Yeah. But the Bible also tells you and I, and I think this was one of the questions. The Bible tells you and I that He's given us six days to do our work, and there needs to be a day of rest. Yeah. And so obviously we weren't made to work seven days a week, but I get it on some jobs you do. So it's learning how to find those quote unquote Sabbaths. 
It's learning how to find an hour here or 30 minutes there or half a day there. Yeah. Uh, for Raina and I, sometimes our schedules, all we can grab sometimes is maybe like 20 minutes on the back porches each, with each other because we know. I'm actually going to speak more into that question as we as we dial into how to get started on balancing the demands of life. Is there any more no, questions? No. There's Yeah, there are, but we're good. Okay. Let's roll. All right. Well, we'll cover those. All right. Let's jump into this. All right, so knowing that frustration and fatigue can cause imbalance, how is it that you and I do this? Are you ready for this, guys? Jacob, how long have we been going, by the way? About 40 minutes. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> We're going to do this speed round. <laughs> We're going to do it in the speed round because you got to get this. You, you have to get this. All right, let me do I can I can do this really fast, and guys can think fast and get it. Number one, you got to take inventory. Mm. All right, in order to balance the demands of life, constantly be taking inventory. In other words, you have to analyze what are the drains, mm. analyze what's about to come out of me, analyze what's expected of me, okay? Yeah. yeah. In other words, seek the power of the Holy Spirit. Just say, Hol-. I'm just telling you guys right now, I'm telling you, you don't have to be a minister to do this, but I'm telling you right now, say this, Holy Spirit, help me manage today. Yeah. Say that, all right? In other words, if, if not, you're going to become... Um, out of shape spiritually. Yeah. So here's a question I have. Are you spiritually flabby? Mm. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. if you're out of shape and you try to go up a certain amount of stairs, you feel it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If you try to live the spiritual life and you're and you're not equipped for the demands, you're going to be out of breath. Yeah. You're going to mm-hmm. run out of gas. How do you prepare yourself? Take an inventory. Like, here's what I mean by that. How do I react to a problem? Ask yourself that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are, am I choosing to grow? If you're evaluating your day, this is what's expected of me. This is probably what's going to be pulled out of me. And so I need to be prepared to fill myself up properly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's number two. I have to get a plan of action. Most guys actually don't have a plan of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just let the day hit them. Yeah. And, and, I, and I get that. Like, But no, the Bible says wise people plan. Mm-hmm. The Bible says spiritual people prepare. Yeah. You've got to prepare. Like if you're not prepared, like I know right now, if you were planning to go on a trip, you would make sure the ga- the car ga- the car has gas, the tires are inflated, like you got what you got to do the same the same thing with your life. Do I have enough gas? Is, am I do I have enough air in my system? So you have to learn how to prepare. What what's your checklist in other words? Exact mm. like, exactly. Mm-hmm. You'll have a checklist for your job. Yeah. You have yeah. a checklist for like going on vacation. Yeah. If your kids play baseball, you're like, did you get your shoes? You got your bat? Got your glove? Got your hat? Got your costume? Your costume? Your outfit? <laughs> you have, to make, you have, to, you have yeah. to make a habit out of out of things. Yes. Make. We're really good at making habits on making money. Yeah. Right. But we got to be better at making habits to take care of myself, so I don't get out of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get a plan of action. Take inventory. Number three. Okay, you're gonna think this is this is like. Of course, the pastor would say this. Don't dismiss this. You have to make Christ the center of your life. Mm. Yeah. So I was traveling a lot early on in ministry, and I had a guy speak wisely into me. And it, I mean, what for me, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about money. But he said it this way, because um, I was sort of worried at that time about preparing, you know, three kiddos mm-hmm. and where we were in ministry. And he goes, he goes, Ron, there's two types of dollars. There's uh, physical dollars, and there's emotional dollars. Mm. He goes, you can make all the money in the world, 
but not have the emotional stability to support the money you're making. Mm. Yeah. He goes, why do you think you see so many guys in their mid-30s, they're making four or $500,000, and their home is a wreck? Yeah. He goes, they got all the toys. They got the cars. They got the trucks. They got the pool. They got the house. They got all, they got all the tools. Mm. They got all, all, all the toys. Yeah. But the house is a wreck. Mm. He goes, they don't have the emotional support to handle the finances they're, they're receiving. Wow. He says, trust me. He goes, it's better to have emotional dollars before you have financial dollars. Yeah. Mm. Having that emotional money in the bank helps you handle the money that's actually in the bank. Yeah. How do you do that? You got to make Christ the center of your life. You can choose money, fame, career, retiring, recre- recreation, but will that keep you balanced? Yeah. That's the question you're trying to answer. Okay. Like, for instance, and I hope I get this right. Like, whenever I speak scientific stuff and Rodney's in the room, I always have to go back and study stuff because this guy knows science. <laughs> like, am I correct on this, Rodney? Centrifuge? Centrifuge is the process of electrons swirling around the mass of protons and neutrons in the atom. Whoa. Yeah. Let's see. Look. He's like, Boom. okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. Centrifuge. In other words, um, our 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 life revolves around something. Listen, if you, if you make the center of your life money mm. as a Christian, man, yeah. It will never swirl around properly. Yeah. If you make your life around anything other than Christ, it's not going to be centrifuge. It's going to be a tornado. It's going to mm. be a hurricane. A it's gonna, bomb. It's going to be a bomb. It's going to be a molecular mess. mess. Yeah, yeah. A molec. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what he did. He just he, pulled that out. He just knows science. Like, I don't even know where he pulled that out of. But he just pulled that out. I didn't pay attention in class. <laughs> I didn't either. It's going to be a molecular mess. That's a great way to say it. Okay, if Jesus isn't your center mass, you're going to have mm. a molecular mess. Mm. There you go. If Jesus isn't your center mass, you're going to have a molecular mess. Yeah. Jesus is the glue of the galaxies, and if he's missing, it all falls apart. You can make $500,000 a year and have all the toys, but eventually it's going to come apart if Christ isn't the center of your life. I know I spit that out so fast, but trust me, in upcoming episodes, we're going to break that down even more. But guys, here it is. How do I balance the demands of life? You got to take an inventory. What's draining me? What's filling me? What's discouraging me? What's encouraging me? You got to have a plan of action. Please don't walk into your week without evaluating how to meet the demands of life. Remember, demands, it, it can pull down manhood and make Christ the center. You say, Pastor, I don't have two hours in the morning to get up. Okay, I get it. You know what you need to do? Here's what I do. Like, I'm, I'm about to go up and preach on Sunday morning. And I've spent 40 hours, if you will, preparing for that sermon. Here's what I pray. Lord, if you can use me, use me. If you can fill me, fill me. I surrender my life to you. If that's all you have time to pray before you start Monday morning, God, if you can use me, use me. If you can forgive me, forgive me. If you can fill me, fill me. I surrender my life to you. Pray that right there. Yeah. And then from there, watch what God does. Man, that's a lot of information. Woo. Woo. Go good. back and listen. Go back and listen. <laughs> not, yeah. not something you need to listen to a couple times. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You know what? I, I, I'm not going to apologize for the length we go in this. No. Like, I wish we could make it a, a 20 a, a twenty minute sermonette, you know, and make us feel feel better. But no, th- we need this content. Mm. Yeah. And I love this. Have you guys enjoyed this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Guys, you're up to the demands of life because Christ is the center of your life. We're praying for you. Thank you so much for listening. Go back and re-listen. Share, share, share. Invite, invite, invite. 
front sight. You guys can be faithful, you can be focused, and you can be fearless. Praying for you. See you next time on Front Sight.